extremely heartbreaking. This was an, in, an individual who thought they had all the appropriate lines of insurance. And it wasn't a car accident, but it, it's, a, it's an identical scenario uh, where um, these people believed they had enough insurance and they didn't. And the liability far exceeded what they had in insurance. And I remember when they mediated that case and they knew when they reached the deal that they were personally going to have to come up with about $180,000 out of pocket. And it, it was a couple that ran a business, and it was a business-related liability. They were going to have to come up with that money out of pocket. She just sobbed. And they agreed to that. It wasn't a judge that told them that. They knew that if they went to trial, it was probably going to be worse. And, uh, I mean, that was... Add that to the list of reasons I don't like to litigate. I, I, I relive that, you know, just the, the crying. Um, so, um, yeah, um, get appropriate limits. Yeah. Preaching the choir. Yeah. So, so pivot back, you were talking about protecting your assets. Yeah. I, I think that most of us would agree we probably pay enough in taxes. I think most people would agree with that. And so yeah. should, we, should we have to pay more? All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redirect this conversation just a little bit for the reason that right now in the current tax climate we have, if you are a resident of the state of South Dakota, and I'm, I'm betting maybe your, your audience base is beyond the borders of, of South Dakota, uh, but here in South Dakota we don't have any estate uh, or inheritance tax at the state level. Uh, at the federal level... Each individual can pass over, I can't remember the exact amount right now because uh, it just changed the first of the year. We'll, we'll say approximately $12 million. So husband and wife get to double that um, because they each have the, the credit. So um, there are very few folks who really ever have to worry about paying federal estate taxes. On the Nebraska side of the border, um, there is a state-level inheritance tax. As long as the assets are going to lineal descendants, um, it's approximately 1% one, 1 of the, the value of the estate. But there's a $40,000 deduction for uh, the value of the estate for specific each specific recipient. Uh, so all of this to say the inheritance tax in Nebraska is not horrible. There's really not a lot you can do to protect against it. Uh, but the average person here in South Dakota generally never has to worry about death-related taxes. Um, the one thing that seems to drive people's fear for asset protection uh, and, and to really develop good strategies to preserve the estate, whatever the estate is made up uh, as. You know, around here, a lot of folks come to me, they've got, you know, they've got an 80 of land that they purchased and the old family quarter that was inherited or you know the family farm that's a huge one this is a rural area of the country we have a lot of folks that are just terrified of the notion that as mom and dad get older health starts failing the elephant in the room is always the nursing home you know the only shop we have in town for nursing homes is majestic bluffs there's assisted living of course it's uh quite a 
quite a bit more cost effective. But you know, Majestic Bluffs is. Uh, I'm not sure. I want to put what I understand their their price point to be, but, um, but it's not cheap up there. It is extremely expensive. <coughs> I ex expect to spend uh, north of a hundred thousand dollars a year on the cost of nursing home care. That's that's what has people largely worked up from a state planning perspective. Um, from, the, from the entrepreneur, uh, you know, business-related liability, depending upon the nature of the business, you know, if you're a designer of widgets, but you're afraid your widget might hurt somebody, uh, you could someday have to fend off a, uh, a product's liability action. You, know, you, you build a widget that someday they discover has, has hurt a whole lot of people. Uh, you know, your, your insurance may not be enough to protect you. So it's, it's the same notion of asset protection. How, what I can't think of now that might come out of the woodwork to clobber me later, what can, I, what can I do to make sure that no matter what, I have the wealth I spent a lifetime building, uh, or at least portions of that wealth, is guaranteed to pass on to my children. Um, there are wonderful tools for those who plan ahead. Uh, and the, the, the key tool that, that seems to excite people these days is, is a variation of trust. And I'm not sure how deep in the weeds you want me to get there because I could fill up another hour of time just talking about trust, what they are and how they work. But uh, suffice it to say, if you're, if you're willing to live with a little bit of compromise in terms of the stuff that you want to protect, your ability to directly enjoy access um, to some of those assets, uh, you can shield them in a trust that will make sure that the basic rule of debtor-creditor law is thwarted, which is that whatever I can get to without restrictions, my creditors can force me to give them. So if you can disrupt that rule through the use of a trust, uh, you can guarantee that whatever you put in that trust is not reachable by an unanticipated future creditor. Hmm. It's guaranteed for your kids. Hmm. So that, that seems to be where, where things tend to point when folks come in and say, man, I spent a lifetime building this nest egg. How do I keep it? Because right. I can't predict the future. And I think as business owners and entrepreneurs, we are trying to keep keep our belts tight and have the bottom line be you know, as good as we can be. But just from hearing you, I, I fully believe in the value that an attorney can, can bring to business planning, to the conversation. You should run this by somebody to make sure that you're protecting yourself. Goodness, yes. Um, well, of course, of course, your bias is there. Well, but I, absolutely, I would, I the most biased, uh, given that that's my day job and all. But um, you know, the 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 prevalence of do-it-yourself services that are out there, you know, legal Zoom. Um, maybe if you're doing your own medical power of attorney, I, I've seen the legal Zoom medical power of attorney. It's not a bad document, right. um, but you don't get the advice, the guidance, the pros and cons, the options, um, and I have seen people totally mess things up trying to do it on their own, and um, there's no substitute for the guidance. Right. Right. Protect against uh, the risk of making an egregious error by, by having a good attorney, so... Ross, I want to thank you for being on the show. This was really good. Uh, if you're listening, comment 
Comment up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you find us about what you think about today's podcast. We got a little bit more into the details of things, but I think it's valuable. I know I sit with clients all the time that want to know about this stuff. When push comes to shove, somebody passes away. What happens next? Um, you can, you can, and I encourage you to reach out to a good attorney like Ross Denherder. Ross, where could somebody find you if they were looking for you? Oh, all right. Um, if you ever needed to call me, I can be reached at, at 605-665-0494. We are located in, in Yankton at the corner of 4th and Broadway. Uh, 329 Broadway Avenue is our physical address. Um, and um, uh, if you would like to meet with me, feel free to uh, call our office and schedule an appointment through our assistant, Linda. Thanks again for being on the show, Ross. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the invite.